Hello and welcome to Enough Quicker, a podcast where we phrase things in the form of a question as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 171st episode in the series, Questions and Answers. This Golden Girls episode is one that besmirches the president number 45 of the United States yeah. of America. What is questions and answers? Um, wow, great bit. Well, I, I yeah, what, what a great bit, right? I love it. So thank you. Good night. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I know you are a giant fan of Jeopardy, as am I. Um, you actually, when my first daughter was born, got me... Uh, a Jeopardy onesie for her, yeah. which was pretty awesome. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, but uh, so I imagine that you are a fan of this episode. Yeah, I love this one. I think it's, I just think it's so funny. Um, I am a big Jeopardy fan. I um, used to play in this like trivia league called the Learned League, which is like kind of like a Jeopardy like feeder um, league, like a bunch of the um, like Michaela and Amy and like, Amy Schneider, um, all of these like Jeopardy champions are in this league. Um, and actually a few years ago, probably around the same time that uh I purchased the Jeopardy onesie, I was really in a in a phase. Um I read there you go. called um Answers in the Form of Questions, a definitive history and insider's guide to Jeopardy by uh, Claire McNear. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, it talks a lot about like the production and like what it's actually like on set um at Jeopardy and like the, you know, like, cause they're, the contestants are sequestered basically. So they can't, um, like, it, especially if you're on a winning streak, you kind of have to stay in LA. Um, so it talks a lot about that, right. it talks about the, the writing process, um, and like Alex and, and like his, his personality and, um, like how excited everyone is to meet him. Um, and of course, like no surprise, like he's super, he was super lovely. Of um, course um but yeah i i really like it i think it's a really funny like very timely um kind of tie-in i always love when like evening hosts are like featured on or like a date you know like uh there's like crossover between genres of shows right um, exactly and i think like you know betty white has a has a really strong game show background um absolutely and um actually also includes his book they say that the way that they got Alex Trebek is because he was friends with Betty White. Um, and for my Perfect. Hot in Cleveland gals, he's also on an episode of Hot in Cleveland, which like was also facilitated, I think, by his friendship um, with of Betty course. White. It's really cool. It's like really, you know, it's fun to see that. That's awesome. I also love when like, you know, real life people play themselves, but they play an exaggerated version of themselves, right? Yeah. Like, especially like kudos to Merv Griffin for, you know, and like Alex doing the Your Excellency thing. Like they do play like it's, you know, it's not quite wild, but they're outsized versions of themselves and how they would not actually be on air, um, yeah. especially because it is a dream sequence. So it's like, it's fun when people can have fun with their celebrity persona, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's cool. Um the yeah. only thing I don't like about this episode is like how it concludes. Like I feel it, to me, it's sort of like a cheap shot. I mean, you know me, I'm a Dorothy apologist, you know, B. Arthur's had a rough run in the season seven, particularly, but it just, oh, it makes me so sad. Cause it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel real to me. When he's like, when well, it, not, not that people would root for her, but that she like is so motor mouthy and, and braggadocious. Like, I, I guess she would, lean heavily into something that she's so excited about and like not see the forest for the trees but 
I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, I, I guess it's just my gut reaction of like someone's being mean to Dorothy and I don't like it, you know? Yeah, that guy with that haircut. I was like, I was trying to place like- With what is that, that haircut. What is that haircut reminding me of? I can't place it. Um, but- well, I so I think that Dorothy would be like, oh, my God, I, I can't believe I got that one. I wasn't really sure. Yeah. But I don't believe that she would be like, I'm wiping the floor with these people. Like, I think it, it goes too far. Yeah, it gets too far. Seen her get too like get really kind of like worked up about particularly like intellectual pursuits and like get kind of lost in excitement. Um, So I could see some of it. But yeah, it definitely goes, it definitely, you know, goes off the rails a bit. Yeah, it's just a little bit beyond, you know, but otherwise it's fun. And I, I do really enjoy that we get to play with the dream sequence. Haven't seen those in a non-heaven context in a while, yeah. Um, you know? So, and honestly, the beginning and the B story is really sweet. Like to, like the, for all of the previous episodes we've had and all the hand wringing about a dog in the house like yeah they get a dog for rose that's pretty that's pretty like that's a lot of growth you know it really is i mean it, it's so like it is a little wacky to just be like oh here's this big dog we got for you um because you're feeling sad like it's not exactly like logical but yeah it's really sweet right. i think like it also like sets up the rusty running joke, which I love. I think it's so funny when like she's in the That's hospital. Great. Mr. Like, Hubbard says it. Yeah. He's like, can we skip it today? Um, it's really sad. I feel like it's not even like no. it's like normally there's a bit of levity, I think, in each story. And it is sweet, like when he, she gives the dog away. And also Betty White is so great in that scene. She's like she's like a bit shaky when she's speaking like she seems yeah sad. um she's like sacrificing her own happiness i mean yeah. and more so than we've seen her do this before with mr peepers um right when she's never owned a cat but it's um and scruffy it's, it's we never way really more right exactly um it's way more uh yeah heartfelt like you know like you she knows how much joy that dog's bringing her but it's more important to her than mr hubbard has yeah, and Mr. Hubbard's so cute, little like Wilford Brimley looking. I know guy. Like, exactly. He's the guy. He's the guy from Home Alone that gives uh, the tickets to um, the mom. Oh, I see. That makes sense. He's also in like planes, trains, and automobiles. Anyway, yeah, it's very funny. But I know him from Home Alone best. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's like it's just so it's it's a really just sweet, sweet story. Um, and I think it works well with the other storyline, which like for the most part is just like so ridiculous and so funny um they're like from the very beginning i think like the um blanche with like her like frederick's of hollywood slippers like oh my God. and then they go into like they have two like pretty like i don't know like intellectual jokes they make the golf war blanche is like we missed the whole golf golf war and then later when sophia's like a viable democrat for president like that's funny it's oh still, my god that one gets a big applies. joke i know yeah. still still true yeah, yeah. it's pretty that. great. <laughs> it's pretty great. I think honestly, like I love that one, of course, but my absolute favorite line is when um Dorothy's studying and Rose is like, you know, here's my St. Olaf yearbook. And then she's like, well, you know, I don't need that. And she's like, well, you know, like you can't tell me the two back-to-back years. And she's just like, 1946 and 47, <laughs> I intend to win this. It's fucking great. It's so great, even if it's so absurd. Um, but 
that to me reads like a Dorothy personality, right? Like the cram jam and like, I'm just going to do this. I want this so bad, right? Yeah. Which is yeah. why for me, it goes overboard. And I don't think she would like destroy her chances like that. And I also don't think she would be so, um, I think what really bothers me is I don't think she would be so inept from a social standpoint. Right. That's understand so much behind it. Right. Like, so yeah, there's, there's just a lot going on there, but, but we do get the amazing dream sequence. Yeah. The dream sequence is great. Um, which I definitely want to talk about, but I also love when they go to take the test and Blanche, like very typical oh Blanche, she, like, wants to be on. She likes Alex Trebek and she's like trying to cheat. Um, and I even love when she's like, Ooh, only one out of five. <laughs> and Dorothy's like, you know, kind of so like, great sitting on her high horse a bit but I think the funniest part is when she's on the phone and she's super excited she's like yeah yeah I'll tell her of course and then like I'd be happy to tell her and then she's like you flunked and then she's like you flunked oh it's so great it's so great by the way Uh, do you know where the Ural Mountains are I had to look them up it's in Russia there you go yeah job yeah I intend to win this (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so uh the what so as as a Jeopardy you know watcher and aficionado as as I'm sure many of our listeners are, I think it's interesting in the dream sequence you know Rose comes back as the four day champion, um and uh, she's she's about to set a record basically she has over ninety two thousand dollars, and I wasn't I wasn't able to find it because I guess my googling skills weren't on par but uh, as Jeopardy watchers know at this time pre two thousand three, five days was your limit for how many days you could actually be on Jeopardy outside of like a championship round or something. So it is kind of awesome. Like there, you know, it wasn't like the Ken Jennings and that other guy who's kind of weird, um, you know, going on forever and ever and ever. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just interesting to me. Like I was like, Oh, that 92,000 sounds like a lot of money for, for this era in, um, uh, you know, in, in Jeopardy. Yeah, no, it's a lot. Um, I think it would be like close to like two hundred thousand dollars at this like in today's today. She's crushing it. Um, I know, right? Yeah, I love. I really, I really do. The dream sequence is so funny, and it's just like there's so many ridiculous things. Like we have also we have the empty nest crossover with Charlie. Um, Alex reading the categories is so like <laughs> cows, babes, babes. Like it's so good um like his voice gets higher and higher right like he's increasing so great and rose's kind of quiet confidence and dorothy's like prince philip outfit like so much of it is is um it's just like such a ridiculous visual and it reminds me of like um so in colucci's book they also talk about how um this is the second time they were coming up against a plot line or like jokes that had been used on cheers um too close to like the episode they were planning to air, but they obviously just went with it. I guess like yeah. earlier they had cut a karaoke bit, um, which I think would have been because they had just done one on Cheers, um, which obviously I think would be really funny, but we sort of get in Journey to the Center of Tension. I know. I was like, we get um, that anyway later. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know, like there's a there's an episode where Fran is on the na- is, uh, is on Jeopardy and the Nanny. Like, I just think for this time, it's like. Oh, yeah. Such an experience. Um. And I just, um, I don't know, even the uh, the knocked up in high school bits when Sophia's like, so it won't happen again. Um, I know. And the announcer says it on Jeopardy. Oh, absolutely. When Johnny is like, she didn't get knocked up in high school. And I, like Rose's face is such a good dream sequence, Rose, like kind of rubbing it in Dorothy's face. So great. 
Um, what is juicy fruit gets me every time. Um, but I really love when Dorothy like is crushing the questions at the end. It's like um, the rapid that round like, that doesn't exist. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but that also to your earlier point, like she kind of when she's like, "What is the point of any of this?" Like, yeah, that reads you know like yeah socially inept but I guess like she does kind of get swept up sometimes in like it's not like Rose exactly but even when she's talking about the spelling bee earlier like yeah and Thorndike and there's a couple other things like I think Dorothy is really defined by her intellect and I think that like she's not insecure about it but she just really loves the opportunity to like put it on yeah display. to show off right. um and so I think that that's kind of what's happening here, too. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's still within the realm of possibility. I just think it goes off the rails a little too hard for me. Um, but again, that's my personal taste because of my connection, you know, to, yeah. to Dorothy. I feel bad for her. Um, I will say a word on uh, the Grant's tomb thing, right? Because that's like a joke, you know, like who's buried in Grant's tomb. Um, and like the trick answer is no one because Grant, and his wife, Julia, by the way, are both in sarcophagi. Wow. <laughs> They're actually not buried in there. So take that for what you will the next time you get caught up in this uh, trick question. Yeah. Um, but it's decidedly not Cary Grant. He, Cary Grant is neither in uh, a sarcophagus or um, in, um, you know, buried <laughs> in that tomb. Yeah. Uh, um, but it is pretty funny. And I don't know, I feel like having Merv Griffin and, and Alex too, like on a primetime sitcom is a real get. Um, yeah. And I honestly, like, I think you've told this story on the podcast, but I do, every time I think of Merv Griffin, I always think of your impression of one of your relatives, like responding to Dennis. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. My, my husband, Dennis, who like is, is not a pop culture aficionado, let's put it that way. So there's definitely like a lot of blind spots of just like, even if you don't know what something is, you've probably heard it, you know, in a pop culture sense. Um, and he just has like, absolutely not. Like another example is um, last year, you know, he's like, oh my, or maybe earlier this year, who knows? Um, what year is it? We don't even know on the podcast. It could be 2023, could be 2024. Anyway, yeah. recently, um, the, uh, he, you know, he was like, yeah, my coworker was telling me about this movie that's like good for girls. It's like, it's like, hey, Jesus, are you there? It's me, Karen. Or like, you know, like he was just like making this up. I was like, you've literally never heard the phrase, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. He's like, I'm not familiar. I don't know what that is. And it cracks me up because I'm just like, you haven't even just heard it in the ether, you know? Yeah. So anyway, um, going back to what you're referencing, uh, one of my older relatives, uh, you know, a, a, a boomer built, uh, born in 1953 and obsessed with pop culture and television, um, uh, was talking to Dennis at some point and he was just like, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like, uh, blah, 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 Merv Griffin. Dennis is like, who? He's like, Merv Griffin. And Dennis is like, I don't know who that is. And he's like, you never heard of Merv Griffin? Oh my God. So that Christmas after this ridiculous conversation, I'm just like, it's, it's within the realm of reason that he's never heard Merv Griffin. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it's not like Tom Hanks or something, but, um, my, uh, my dad got, uh, Dennis, a, uh, Merv Griffin biography, which is pretty great, <laughs> which he obviously has never read once, yeah. but, but it's in our comedy section, um, based on that joke in our bookshelf. <laughs> Funny. Um, so great. Yeah. What do you think of the anti-Trump line? It like it kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere, but I don't know if it's because we are, like, I I don't know I don't I don't know because from our vantage point it just feels like it's like a 
a weird deliberate knock as opposed to just like i'm making a pop culture reference about this guy no i think it's a deliberate knock i think that he's um so this is happening let's um i think he's like in the media honestly to the sort of the same degree as uh merv griffin is sort of which is like not um like not exactly like a celebrity honestly i think he's less of a celebrity at this point than he is like in the apprentice era um well yeah but he's known like, in new york i mean central park yeah. jogger case already happened right yeah no and i think he's known i think he's like on like new like not oprah exactly but you know shows like that like i think he's being interviewed and he's like present and i think he's a fucking douchebag like i don't think he's um and it's somebody that i think dorothy would really hate i think he's like smug and like a womanizer and like he's he's got a reputation i think already of being like an asshole um and so like i think that merv griffin on the other hand is what dorothy's saying like he's beloved he's like like america's sweetheart for lack of a better phrase like i think that like he's um personable and like whenever people get to see him i think it's like really you know it's it's nice and so i think that the comparison between them is probably not it's probably not the first time that comparison has been made um but i i obviously like that really 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 holds up um and it's so like uh, you know i think the golden girls were already super popular like they hang hung on to popularity for so long but i do feel like after he was elected or like during his presidency even um that really really went around um and i think that that was like a real aha moment for some people of like oh yeah like he's been in the ether for so long and also like a terrible guy for so long um that like it was i'm sure that that contributed to the rise of golden girls um popularity in like you know like 2016 through 2020 time like i I bet people saw that were like oh yeah you know like i haven't haven't revisited that show in a minute i'm gonna binge it on hulu when i when there's a yeah yeah months of staying inside Correct, correct. And also, you know, we'd be remiss to not mention Jim Colucci's, you know, um, how would the Golden Girls vote, basically, um, yeah. Yeah, during during the era of uh, of of Trump. But yeah, no, well said. I just it's so interesting to just think about how present he's been in media forever. And it's just like and then we ended up with that. And it's oh, it's terrible. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, lest we spend more time on him. Um but uh, any other any other parts of this um, show? It's so funny. I have like very short notes on this. I think it's more of just like pontificating about the idea of Dorothy um, sort of flunking her dream here. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. I think um, everything else I have is like just like lines. Um, I think like, what do you think about when Dorothy is, uh, you know, I think they're like, the crux of her not getting on is like I don't want anyone to lose his job over this and I guess like okay so that overconfidence I can see I do think sometimes like Dorothy gets a little like kind of um she's too aware of how smart she is sometimes I think yeah 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 um but to your earlier point about like social like I do think she knows social cues and like knows how to behave um and so that kind of goes a little bit uh, far. I think the 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 test is funny. Like, I think the book of Genesis and she makes that dig <laughs> about like Darwin. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, 
the the Catherine Howard bit, um, which I know I love the Broadway show Six. So a little plug for that. It's um, there you go. Um, but no, I think I think that that's really it. It's just it's honestly just like fun, and the other story is just like sad and tender, which like gives a good break. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. And like you said before, there's actually no real resolution. You're like, yeah, Rose, you picked a fucking sad job, dude. Like, what what are you going to do? You know, like, it's actually really tragic, like, to work basically in hospice care. Yeah, um, no. And she just so. like also like, I guess no one would tell her she's like, she's a volunteer, right? But like, it is a little bit like jarring to walk into someone's room and find out that they died. <laughs> totally, totally. It's kind of crazy. Super life. But yeah, I know. Or Rose. I know. But um, oh, I also I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the one of my most hated qualities is that where she's like, everybody likes animals. And I'm like, oh, oh Rose, yeah. no, we don't. I took that note. Okay. I took that note. Yeah. Yeah. I um I love I, that. I took that note. And yeah. a sad face after it. Yeah. Um I have obviously evolved on dogs. Honestly, like I feel like in the in the time that our podcast, but the thing is I've evolved on my dog. I love my dog Gus, but I don't There you go. I don't think it's I don't like that assumption that everyone it's likes. It's not an extrapolation. Yes, exactly. No. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like the way that people behave is like sometimes I, I really don't like when you get into an elevator and someone has a dog and they just like let the dog like all over you. Like some people don't like dogs. Uh I haven't preach, lost sight of the preach to the me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you haven't. You haven't. It's true. I appreciate that about you. Oh, um, man. Oh, that's a good fun romp. I like this one. Yeah, it's funny. It's really funny. Um, right. No, is, I got nothing else. Yeah. yeah. Same here. Well, join us next time when we discuss bugs, old lady shoes, and going to law school a whole bunch of places. <laughs> Take care, everybody.